You're listening to the What the Junk Podcast with Megan Rage. You guys, I feel like I start a lot of my episodes out like that, but you guys, the cleaners just came to our house, and let me tell you, it feels like a brand new joint up in here. Now, some people would argue that our house is pretty much always clean and tidy. Like my friend Erica, she's always <laughs> DMing me after I post like a, I don't know, like a video of Chuck, and she's like, how is everything so tidy? I'm like, we don't have kids. But now that we have a puppy, I feel like all hell broke loose last week. Like, I I know that poodles or doodles and whatever, the, the type of hair that Benny has, it's like hypoallergenic. He doesn't really like, like he doesn't smell. He doesn't smell like dog. I mean, he kind of does. But anyways, I don't want to walk into this house and smell dog. And the scent of the house was definitely changing. So I was a little bit alarmed. You know, I'm a scent freak. Like I love smelling my candles. I like my air fresheners. My sister-in-law and her sister come over and they have immediate headaches because I have like an air wick in every room, a candle lit in like two rooms. Uh, Let's see. I have a oil diffuser on top of Chuck's litter box. I have an air freshener that goes off when you walk in front of it in the bathroom and in the living room. Like it's a lot, (laughs) probably too much, but I'm so paranoid about smells. Like I don't want it to smell like cat. I don't want it to smell like dog. Anyways, I'm getting off topic. The cleaners came today and they vinegared and bleached the shit out of everything. And it just smells so good and fresh in here. And I feel like a whole new person. We just moved Benny into a new room. We've had him in the lower living room, which... Okay, so we live on a tri-level house. When you walk into our front door, there's a living room. And then next to that is the kitchen. And then you go down like five or six stairs and there's a sunken living room. And then that's how you get to the backyard, to the garage. And then from that main level, again, you go up and get to the upstairs. So we normally sit in the upstairs that is right by the front door, which is ridiculous because our house is poorly insulated. So in the summer, it's so hot. In the winter, it's so cold. Also, the TV in that room is not very big, but that's just like our couch. We brought this couch into this house. That is our couch. We're used to sitting on the couch. The couch in the lower living room and the 75-inch TV in the lower living room we bought from the people that lived here previously because it's just a weird shape down there. So... We bought the couch that they had because it fit perfectly and we the TV is mounted all crazy on the wall. So we just bargained that into the price and I'm sure we will not take it with us when we leave because it is like on the fucking wall. So we just don't sit in there a lot. The TV's bigger in there. The couch isn't very comfortable. When we got Benny, we're like, we're going to have to sit in the lower living room because there's more space in there. That's where the Peloton is. That's where Chuck's litter box is. That's closest to the door to get to the backyard. So we put Benny's pin his play pin down there and then we put water and food inside and a blanket and then his crate well we've just been miserable this past week like first of all it's hard adjusting to a dog it's uh, I I was prepared you guys I've been talking about it for like the past 80 episodes no just kidding just kidding this is only episode 41 I've been talking about it so much in all the other episodes how much anxiety I had around surround surrounding getting a dog and that's because I was so aware of how much work it was going to be but it was nothing can prepare you for how hard it actually is and we even have it kind of easy like Benny he is for the most part like sleeping through the night like he doesn't whine or bark or anything it's the bathroom breaks that kill us and at first I was setting alarms waking him up to make sure that he went out and everyone was like no don't wake a sleeping baby so now we're just letting him wake us up when he needs to go out but everything just changed like our dynamic with Chuck changed I'm not able to leave the house because he has to go out every hour we're sitting in a different living room we're watching a different tv it basically feels like we're sitting in a stranger's house and I know that sounds ridiculous but we never sit in that lower living room unless we're entertaining because it's the bigger room So today after the cleaners came, we decided to put everything up into the living room that we're used to sitting in. Now it's cramped up there. We set his playpen up right next to where Chuck eats. There's not a lot of room, but man, I just sat down there for like two seconds before I came up here to record and I already feel (sighs) like relief. I don't know. It just feels like the energy could shift a bit because the energy has also been off. It Motherfucker, who's calling me? God damn it. I hate when this happens. Hello? Watch be a spam. Fucking annoying. 
fucking annoying. That irritates me to no end. The only reason I answered it is because I have a job interview on Friday and I don't know if they're going to call me and like tell me anything extra. I want this job so fucking bad. You have no idea. So I'm just answering every call just in case it's them. Like, I don't know, telling me something. I don't know what they would tell me. They pretty much already sent me everything in an email. But um, I hate that because it interrupts my recording and it's always spam. And then, of course, I did the new feature on the iPhone where you can screen your calls. Basically, if it's not if it's not a number that's known to you or if they don't think or if it's not a number that you've called before, they'll block it. But then I was missing calls. Like, for instance, um, we got logged out of our online banking. And so they sent a code over the phone. But my phone blocked the call. It was just a fiasco. Where was I? Oh, nothing can prepare you for having a dog. Nothing. We have had, we've both had weak moments where like we've lost our temper or just like Brett's looked at me at one point and been like, I don't think I can do this. I miss it just being you, me and Chuck. He said that actually a few times or like, I don't know if I can handle having a dog. And lucky for me, I have about five friends that have also recently gotten puppies. So it's been so nice to vent to them. One of them told me, he said that they actually have two puppies. And he said that at first it was so hard that they Googled, is it normal to feel like you want to give your puppy away? And I guess a lot of people feel like that. And so we felt better. Obviously, we're not giving him away, but we've we've definitely, it's an adjustment. It's basically like we don't have a life anymore because we are just watching him around the clock to make sure he's not pooping inside or peeing inside or chewing on something that he shouldn't be, which is also why we've been crate training him. And a few people have also been in my DMs like, he's in prison. And let him out of there. Dogs aren't meant to be in playpens. We we have nice things around here. We have, I, I mean, God forbid he like chews on a cord. I know you're supposed to hide him, but it's it's impossible to hide everything. Like it is impossible. And so I'm getting him used to a space. All the books say, put him in a pen, get him used to a space or a room, slowly open up that space until he's comfortable. And that's what we're doing right now. And it's working for us. It gives us the option to like put him in the pen and go take a shower, put him in the pen and do a Peloton, put him in that we had to run to Costco this weekend, which was stressful, leaving him for an hour. But he seems to like it in there. So for now, it's working for us until he's obedient. The pen is where it's at. And I, the girl that's been doing my tattoo, she knows a guy that does canine training. You can either like leave him for three weeks and he can fully train him and then return him, which not going to lie, I would like that. (laughs) Bye. But it's so expensive. So we're not going to do that. I think we're going to do the five week training where we go once a week with the dog after he has has his shots, of course. Don't fucking come for me, Karen. Let me tell you. Benny had some traumatic, traumatic car rides. We brought him home from picking him up, taking him away from his mom and his litter mates. And then we drove him to the vet. And I was like, we need to take him somewhere so he has a good association with the car. So I put him in his crate, put him in the car, listen to my music at a normal full blast volume that I like to listen to it. Uchi Wally Wally was on SMX or SM Fly, Satellite Radio Fly. I had that shit turned all the way up. I was riding down Arden. Uchi Wally Wally, Uchi Bang Bang. No fucks. Benny, you better get used to it. And I posted about it like this, you know, he's in the car with mom. It's it's ratchet. Poor Benny. When he gets in the car with Brett, he's going to have to listen to fucking Oasis or the Static Monkeys or whatever those weird bands he listens to is. Um, And so I posted like we're in the car. We're on our way to the pet store so that he has a good association with car rides. Like here I am being a good dog mom. I read the books and I know what the fuck I'm doing. And of course, I have three people be like, you know, you can't put him on the floor in the pet store, right? You know, his feet can't touch the ground, right? You know, Parvo runs rampant in pet stores, right? I'm like, oh my God. You think that my type A personality that's been talking about getting this dog and preparing for the past like four months is going to take it into a pet store and be like, run free. Absolutely not. Thank you for your unsolicited advice. Take a seat. Thank you. We carried him in in the crate, got him a new crate, a bigger crate. Okay, so let me just tell you about this. I wasn't going to talk about Benny right off the bat, but I guess that's just what's happening. Also, I fully recognize that last week I was saying it a lot. I hadn't formed that bond with him to even give him a him or to give him a name. I don't call him it anymore. Actually, I did catch myself doing it last night. He is a him. He is Benny. We took him to the pet store because... I had posted this picture on Facebook of Chuck sniffing Benny's crate. The first couple nights, we put the crate on a table next to the bed with his pillow pup and a pillow pup. Oh, my God. I can't believe I just called it that. Pillow pup. 
fucking stupid. With his um, snuggle pup inside, it was recommended that you put him on a table at the first couple nights so that they can see you. So though I took this picture of Chuck from our bed, leaning over onto the table to sniff Benny. And all of Brett's friends start texting Brett saying that we're cruel, that the crate is too small. And so all of Brett's friends got into his head and Brett was like, we need to get him a new crate. Also, my dad had said something about his crate being small, but my dad's also old school when it comes to dogs. Like every time I was telling him that Benny had an accident inside the house, which he's only had four. And he was like, put his nose in it. Yell at him. And I'm like, I I know that some people style, but we are not we're not reprimanding over here. It's all about positive reinforcement, correcting actions. If we can catch him doing something in the act that we don't want him doing. I'm not like putting his face in anything like that's just not not my style. So a couple people had said something about the crate. I had read that they need to be able to stand up and turn around, that they like it small, but it is a really small space. And also he's going to grow out of it quickly. So we were like, okay, well, let's go to Petco and get a new crate. So we got this really nice crate with a really nice pillow. It costs like $200. We bring it home and we put it inside the playpen. And I had a feeling this was going to happen, but almost immediately he peed inside of it because it's too big. So we switched it out. I put urine eliminator all over it. We put it in the garage and we switched out for the new crate. And I, I've been reading conflicting things. My my worry is that he's just starting to get used to his crate, but he's also growing rapidly. So I don't want to get I don't want to switch it out in like a couple weeks and him have to get used to a new crate all over again. So I bought him this like little dog bed and he's been sleeping in that a lot. So I'm hoping I'm going to get him used to the dog bed that when we switch out the crate, I'll put that dog bed and in new inside the new crate and everything will be all good because he really hasn't peed inside. It was just when we the day that we switched out the crate, he had like three accidents inside. That's why we switched it back. And then yesterday he had an accident inside because I was upstairs giving Chuck tons of attention and I was ignoring him and he was yelling and, and crying and screaming. But I don't pay that any attention because I don't want to give him the satisfaction and think that that's how he's going to get my attention. Well, he was trying to tell me that he he needed to take a dump. So um, he did inside of his crate and I cleaned it up. So yeah, we got this new crate. It's outside. It's really nice and it's portable and all the sides open up like they zip and then they all close and I just feel like it's going to be really great. I can't wait to move him into that because I just feel the crate that we have for him right now, the small one is just, I don't know, it looks kind of sad. Like I feel bad for him in there. He can turn around. He can't stand up all the way, but he he seems to like it. It's the, That's the thing about being a puppy parent. I, I'm sure about being a regular parent, too, is second guessing every decision and overanalyzing. And I do that in life as it is. So it's just gotten 10 times worse with a dog. You know, like, can they eat that? I was so paranoid about getting the wrong toy because they say, you know, don't get them anything. Don't like certain type of rope, certain type of bones. Like, I just have no idea. So I just signed up for BarkBox. So they send like age appropriate toys and treats for him because I can't be responsible. It gives me so much freaking anxiety. Yesterday he went to the vet and they gave him a puppuccino while they gave him his vaccinations. And he was so tired and out of it yesterday. They were like, he's probably not going to be very playful today. I'm like, perfect. I can fucking get some shit done without watching him like a hawk helicopter parent. I did discover yesterday when I was scrolling through Instagram, a little swipe up sponsored post about a puppy playlist. So I swiped up, <laughs> even though those things kind of sketch me out. So I'm like, is this going to be a scam? And I could either listen on Apple or Spotify. So I chose Apple because that's my platform of choice. And there's a whole playlist of like calming music. And I played that for him. And he was chill as fuck didn't make a peep didn't whine lay down in his bed there's like 12 hours of songs on there so I'm definitely going to be utilizing that if you want to check it out for yourself if you have like it's supposed to be help them with anxiety for when you leave but how about just anxiety for me when I want them to shut up when I'm home if you want to check it out I added it to my public profile on my Apple music I think I titled it Benny's Playlist um, you can find me on Apple Music at Megan Rage. I've also, sorry, Spotify people. I still have been making a playlist that you can, that's public that you can listen to. It's called uh, 2021 Mood. Has a lot of new music on it. Um, the new Silk Sonic, Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack. Oh, I'm freaking obsessed. I love the three new Drake songs. Um, there is some songs from... 
Oh, Billie Eilish, because I told you guys I watched the Billie Eilish documentary and I'm now obsessed with her. So I've been listening to a lot of her. So that's also on my Apple Music. I haven't crossed it over to Spotify yet. I've been saying that I'm going to do that. But man, it's just so hard. Like, can't everyone just listen to Apple Music if you have an Android? That sucks. (laughs) Um, One thing before I move on from Benny is, does anyone have any... So we got the decomposed granite in our backyard. And there's like little rocks in it. Also, we have rocks lining our entire yard, like little pebbles. I can keep them away from those. But when we're in the dog run, he wants to eat rocks. And I'm constantly having to fish rocks out of his mouth. And on Friday night, we had my brother and his wife over. You know, they live down the street. And everyone was outside. And I was like, please watch Benny because... I was telling Brett, like, make sure you keep an eye on him just because we don't want him to eat any rocks because that's going to be bad. And he was like, yeah, I'm watching him. Well, that night I was up till 4 a.m. because Benny was trying to throw up in his crate. So I kept getting up and like checking on him and putting a towel down. And finally, after hours, he threw up and it was a rock. And I'm like, this can't happen. Sorry, I'm like, keep backing away from the from the um, microphone because there's something in my eye. <laughs> We're still phasing out my burnt eyelashes from the oven attack. Uh, yeah. So he threw up a rock and I was like, we can't, this is a, this can't be a thing. So I need to try to figure out a way to get him to stop eating rocks. Now I've been told it's like make a sound and say no. So I've been trying to like, no, but that doesn't always work. Um, I was told not to say Benny. No, because then he associates his name with no, the rock thing is really like my the only thing that stresses me out because when I do when he is older and I do turn him loose in the backyard to go potty, go potty, go potty, go potty. I don't want to be worried about that. So I want to try to nip that in the bud as soon as possible. Um, OK, let me just preface this. So I took a picture of Benny in front of the Peloton and I never thought I was going to end up posting in this group, even though I've talked about the Peloton group before and how I was going to post about my podcast and say that I basically talk shit about everyone on my podcast is in the Peloton group. And I thought this would be the perfect opportunity. Take a picture of Benny next to the bike, post it in the official Peloton group and basically say, this is my cute dog. Oh, and hey, you guys are a bunch of assholes. And I talk about you every week on my podcast. So I type up this post And it says, I have a three-legged black cat named Chuck who I can never get to pose in front of the bike. I've tried many times. I also have a podcast called What the Chuck with Megan Rage, inspired by Chuck, where I read all the insane statuses people post on here and the best responses. I read at least one post per episode because there's never a lull in people getting roasted in this group and it makes for great content. Never thought I'd actually post on this page, but we got a puppy and I got him to sit in front of the bike so I can hashtag, actually typed out hashtag pillow pup or whatever the F it is. That's all. Carry on. So I hit post after like thinking, oh, should I post this? I don't want to get roasted. I finally post it and it says like your post is being reviewed by the admin and moderators. We will notify you if your post gets approved. And I was like, oh, they're probably not going to approve that. And then they did. I was shocked. And then I posted about this on my What the Chuck Instagram account. By the way, if you're not following me on Instagram, it's at What the Chuck podcast. I posted about it and so many people were like, oh my God, send me the responses. But shockingly, the responses were all good. Like no no one said anything funny. Like no one was really laughing at it at first. The reactions were all just thumbs up and heart. Some people did start laughing, but eventually like the laugh, I'm talking about laugh reactions on Facebook. All the, all the responses were positive. People were like, that's funny. I'll have to check out your podcast or uh, I just subscribed. Uh, You've piqued my interest. So hi for everyone that's new from the Peloton group. Welcome. Great. My computer just made a noise. Welcome. I talk a lot about what's going on in my life, which right now is getting a new puppy. I talk about reality TV. I talk about pop culture. I talk about the Peloton group. I talk about The Bachelor. A lot of people think that it's Bachelor heavy. I try to always keep the Bachelor content to the end so that if people aren't into The Bachelor, they can bow out gracefully before the podcast is over. Um, So yeah, I have a radio background. I was in radio for like 15 years. I'm still on the radio in Eugene, Oregon, even though I'm based out of Sacramento, California. Um, I got let go from radio station due to COVID and decided to start a podcast while I was on the search for my next job. 
But in the radio industry, I mean, unless you're willing to move, you don't really have a career unless you could do it remotely, which normally isn't preferred. I got really lucky with my job in Oregon. So I'm not moving. My husband and I met in Las Vegas and he we did long distance. He lived in England and now he lives here with me and he has a really great job and we would never move for a radio job because his job is super stable and just so wonderful. And radio is not stable at all. You could get hired and get the most amazing pay and co-workers and job and just think that you're in such a great position. And then three months later, ugh, new management, new owners, everyone gets fired. It's just not it's just not the best way to make a living, even though I wish that it was more stable. It's just not. So I finally come to terms with that. And I have desperately tried to find what my passion is in life, I guess. Um, a few months ago, I thought that was pet grooming because I do love pets. I have a three-legged black cat, which is who this podcast is inspired by. His name's Chuck. And I had this big dream of opening a mobile groom, a mobile grooming business called Chuck's Cuts, knowing nothing about grooming. So about a month or two ago, I got a job at Pet PetSmart, lasted about two weeks in the grooming department. Um, anal, anal glands are not my thing quit immediately. And now I have a job interview for a really great job this Friday that I really hope that I get that I can continue to do this podcast, have a super stable job. So everyone cross your fingers for me and then also fulfill my need to still be in the radio industry by doing the job that I do for 104.7 K-Duck in Oregon. So that's a little background on me if you're new here. Speaking of the PetSmart thing, someone posted on in the in the Peloton, no, it wasn't the Peloton group. I'm, I guess Facebook now is just solely there so that you can join groups. Like I don't really post statuses. I don't really look at other people's statuses. I'm just in a bunch of groups. And this last week, um, someone posted, what was it? Let me look. I saved it, obviously. Oh, it was in my California Doodles and Poodles group. <laughs> By the way, someone posted on the picture of Chuck yesterday and said, you should join the Pillow Poodles group. So of course I did. And I posted a picture of Benny. And I basically said that he's been a handful. And everyone on there was so welcoming and gave me great advice. But here I was on the original picture of Benny making fun of Pillow Puppies. And then I end up joining a Pillow Doodles group. And now I'm that guy. Like, I'm that person. That's like annoying you know like that's me also it's funny in that group so many people are like look at my golden doodle and I'm like mm, that's a shit zoo like people I feel like get duped in the poodle doodle industry I mean how there's there just seems to be such a wide range of what these dogs can look like but for real some guy posted today and was like Benny looks like my boy and he posted like a, a dog that was not a doodle at all this dog had like straight I, I don't know people are delusional I'm like where'd you get that dog from Craigslist because you got got. This post is in the California Doodles and Poodles page. <laughs> I would read it verbatim, but I feel like whoever posted this, English is their second language. So I'm not going to read it because it wouldn't make sense. But basically the gist is, does anyone bring their dog for grooming at PetSmart? Because she recently took her dog and it had a ton of anxiety. And so she's wondering what other people's experiences have been. And so one person posted, I do not recommend PetSmart at all. They hire groomers in training. Hi. And I've heard horrible stories. Go to Yelp and find a local groomer. Um, someone said, I'm a dog groomer. I would recommend finding a mobile groomer. This is very common since salons work with many dogs in the day. So dogs are barking, crying, screaming, pooping, peeing. Machines are being used. There's a lot going on. Everyone is basically saying I would never take my dog to PetSmart. Oh, here it is. I'm a groomer and I would not recommend any grooming chain where dogs are groomed by power groomers, which means they work by commission. They have to groom super fast to make their money. So that means the dog is exposed to a high velocity dryer into its ears and eyes. A very loud noise for the many dryers. It's very loud because of the many dryer. I'm just going to reword it. Many dryers and working equipment. It's intimidating because other dogs are barking and there's also kennel dry going on. Mobile groomers are more expensive, but it's definitely better for your dog. Let me tell you, from the, I don't know, eight days that I was at PetSmart, everything about that is so true. And I didn't realize that, I didn't realize that, I mean, I knew that they were commission-based and they talk about how much money that they that they make 
but they do pump dogs in and out. And the dogs aren't treated badly. Like all the groomers there, they're animal lovers. They're all nice to the animals, but it is a stressful environment. When I first stepped back there into like the kennel area, I was like, I would never bring my dog here because they're in a kennel. The whole, it's just a bunch of dogs in a line barking. There are kennel dryers on the breeds that are allowed to be kennel dried. There are some breeds obviously that are not allowed to be kennel dried. So it's just very loud and noisy. And then behind the kennels are the sinks, the blow dryers. It's just a fucking lot. It's a lot. And they are commission based. So they are just worried about pumping people in and out. But even even pumping people in and out, your dog's still there for a couple hours. So I just can't believe that I was there. I felt like maybe I was going to separate myself from that and months later be like, oh, Megan, you could have stuck it out. But there's just no way. I've realized that my energy is very geared towards cats. Like I am a cat person, even now having a dog. I feel like Benny can tell that I am not super comfortable around him. I just think that I don't know how to act. Like I'm just like, I want to pet you, but I don't want you to get too, I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't know why I thought I could ever groom dogs because I just feel like my energy, I feel like dogs can tell that I'm a cat girl. You know what I mean? Who's ready for my Peloton status of the day? I'm so mad at myself because last week I talked about how I was going to screenshot and save the post on Facebook because sometimes people get bullied into taking their posts down and then I go to look at them and they're not there anymore. Well, one of the statuses I wanted to share, I can't find it on the page anymore. I didn't take a screenshot. And then the other one, I took a screenshot but didn't save it and now I can't find it on the page. So Kendall Tool, she did a 30-minute Megan the Stallion ride. It was amazing. I took it yesterday because I saw so many people posting about it. The one that I can't find anymore that I don't have a screenshot of is this girl basically blaming her for cultural appropriation, saying that her skin was darker, that she had like a weave in, that she had a black scent. This person was just saying like she was so offended by the ride and that she's sure that people of color were as well. And there were so many people of color in the comments saying like there was nothing offensive. She was pretty praising Megan the Stallion for being a queen, for being a strong black woman, for being successful. Like there was nothing offensive about this ride. If you've ever taken a Kendall ride before, you know that she always has hella hair pieces in her hair. She is always wearing the wrong color foundation and too much bronzer. Like she wasn't trying. What? Like there's a difference between doing blackface, which she would never do, and having makeup that's a shade too dark for your skin. Like, hi, I too am guilty of doing that in the winter when I wish my body was tan. Tan, <laughs> and I refuse to buy a pale colored foundation. You know what I will say, though? I think quarantine has really helped me not feel like I have to be tan all the time. In years previous, like when I would go out in the winter, I would refuse to go out if I wasn't tan. Like if I couldn't get in to get a spray tan, I just felt disgusting. Like my everything just looks flabby and flatter and just not flatter. Well, yeah, some things do. <laughs> some things that I don't want to be flatter. Everything just doesn't look good. And I feel like I've just gained a new appreciation for my pale ass skin in the winter. I just don't care. I feel like I just don't care about a lot of things. So like you should see me right now. It is not cute. I'm wearing a hot pink orangish Naples sweatshirt that my dad brought me home from vacation. He used to bring me home sweatshirts from like every vacation. And I wish I, I used to get so annoyed. I'd be like, I don't want this. And now I wish I had all of them. I'm wearing Sac Metro Fire sweatpants, black socks, and my hair is in the rattiest curly bun you've ever seen in your life. So anyways, people in the comments were just like, you should delete this. It was so bad. There were like 500 comments last time I looked at it. And then I did the ride and there was nothing wrong with it at all. Like, yeah, Kendall's extra, but she's like that all the time. She wasn't, I didn't think she was talking in a black scent. I didn't, she wasn't doing anything out of the ordinary. It's just people like trying to, what did the, that, what, what was she trying to accomplish in the Peloton group? Everyone to be like, yeah, let's cancel Kendall. Of course, that's what she was trying to do. This is another post about Kendall. The same ride someone posted Took this 30-minute Megan the Stallion ride with Kendall today. I've loved her rides mainly for the great workout, but a couple of things. Number one, the explicit music was obviously not a problem with me. Oh, obviously, because we know you, obviously. Okay. But the artist is clearly not for me. Oh, clear, clearly. Oh, okay. Number two, between Kendall and the music, there was way too much yapping and yammering for my taste. Number three, I see no reason for me to ever take this ride again. I was very disappointed. But again, that's just my opinion. Okay, well, don't share it with the, we don't, we, we don't need to see that opinion. 
the class wasn't for you. If I posted in the official Peloton group every time I took a class that I didn't love, like what? We what? And why are you talking to us as if we know you? That if we that if we clearly should have known that Megan the Stallion is not your speed. Get the fuck out of here. I just want to know what goes through people's minds. Another post that's super annoying that I've been seeing an influx of is getting my bike this week. What should my username be? I'm 31 years old. I'm a NICU nurse in New York City. I'm single and live with my two pups, Bentley and Rentley. Drop your suggestions below. Like, no, we don't want to help you. Be a big girl. Think of your own name for your Peloton. We don't need to help you. You can do it by yourself. All by myself. Like, pull it from an email. What was your AOL username back in the day? What do your friends call you? Like, it's not that serious. Just pick a fucking name. Okay, can you tell that I'm fired up? Guys, guess what? Today is my 100th ride. Well, it's not really my 100th ride, but if I do a workout today, I'm it's I'm in the Century Club. So, of course, I have to do a live ride. This will be my third live ride, I think. And I scoped out the schedule this week. There's a Cody Rigsby ride today at 4.30. I normally don't do a ride on Tuesdays because I record my podcast. I have to do my radio show. It's just hectic. But I'm going to today because there isn't another Cody Rigsby ride for the rest of the week, a live one at least. Well, there is one tomorrow, but I've got an eyelash appointment, so I can't sweat after that. So I can't do the ride tomorrow. So I'm doing one today, 4.30, my 100th ride. And I hate to be this bitch because this is also annoying, but I really hope that I get a shout out. Oh, that reminds me, there is another post in the Peloton group that I saw today. Oh God, you guys get ready. It's so good. I am not, I'm not taking it as serious as this bitch, okay? This is the post. Got my bike January 9th. Took my century ride on February 18th. No balloons, no party, no shout outs, and three high fives. I was bummed. I didn't have this life-changing experience everyone seems to talk about. Oh my God. Fucking kill me. I don't want high fives. I hide my feed because I'm not competing against anyone. I'm there to work out. I hide my high fives. Because I can't do anything besides ride the bike when I'm on the bike. Like, I have a couple friends that can text while they're doing it. I'm like, how? Anna can have a full-blown text conversation, watch TikToks, and still kill me by, like, 200 more on the output. I don't know how she does it. So I am not there for the century ride to get high fives. I'm not there to really do anything besides get a shout out from Cody Rigsby. Will I be posting and complaining if I don't know, but I love him and I really hope that I get a shout out. But I'm also kind of concerned that to, that the, it's not my hundredth ride. I'm on like 90 rides because some of those are meditation or stretching. Those count towards your hundred. I'm com- a little confused on how it works, but fingers crossed that he recognizes me and then, oh my God, I could die happy. Well, no, I don't want to die. And that's not going to make me die happy. But, you know, just for the sake of of the saying. <laughs> I also can't wait. I'm just there to get a shout out and also there to get my Century Ride t-shirt because I love free shirts. Ooh, someone else bought a bike that I know and I got $100 credit. So Brett and I both got new Peloton gear. That shit is so expensive. Like, I th- we both got a shirt. I had $100 credit and I still had to pay like 20 something dollars because get this, free shipping over 100 But if you have a credit, even though the total was still over 100 you have to pay for shipping. Isn't that fucking janky as hell. Not surprising though, because Peloton, I mean, even though they're great and I love the community and I love the classes and I love the instructors of the customer service is trash. And we all know what is up with the IG algorithm lately. I hate it. I'm not seeing any of my regular people on my stories. Normally I log on and I see this one blogger girl at the top. I see not skinny, but not fat at the top. I see like my friend Bree, my friend Amanda, all the normal profiles that I go to frequently. I go to their profiles and I always make sure to watch their stories so that they stay on the top of my feed. And now I log on and it's random people I didn't even know I was following. Like for instance, let me get on right now. And let's see who's at the top of my Instagram stories. Okay. Emerson Miller, who is pretty much a photographer for like Yellowstone. I think he even might be in it. Chris D'Elia, who I should unfollow because I just don't, I don't know about him. And now his thing is now he's back and he's apologized and um, he's, his content is different now. He is, it's all kid posts, which I mean, I don't know. It's also, ooh, here's a picture, a video of him and his wife, which he didn't normally do. He's having to totally change his image 
for people to accept him again. And he's trying to find his new niche and it's not funny. So I might unfollow him. Reggie Durval. I don't even know who that is. No clue. Posting about the stock markets. Fucking boring. Renee Broder. Don't know who that is. G-E-Z. Okay, I like that. Khloe Kardashian, whose face looks like a rubber doll. Looks like she's been stuffed. These, I, I just don't know who any of these people are. Young Griff Official. Young Grind of Clothing Unfollow. I just don't understand. And I have to scroll super far to find the people that I like. Like, I just don't. Evan Rachel Wood, like, I followed her for the Marilyn Manson stuff. But I don't, I mean, I don't need that anymore. Unfollowing. Don't cancel me for saying that I was just following her for the drama because now I'm just over it. If I want to, if I need to hear anything new, you know what I do like about Instagram is when you unfollow someone, it pops up other similar people like them that you could follow. So let's see. I unfollowed her. John Krasinski popped up. Nope. Still following him. The guy that climbed half dome. Meh, unfollow. Don't need to follow him anymore. Nope. Um, Jenna Dewan, who used to be Jenna Dewan Tatum. Yeah, I'll still follow her. Hair, skincare by Rai Haram. Nope. Bye. Natalia Bryant. Yeah, okay. The Are You a One official Instagram. Don't need to follow that. Silk Sonic, yes. Kristen Sonic, yes. Martin Comic, yes. Brian Austin Green. Meh. Bye. Maya Vander. Oh, Selling Sunset. Meh. Bye. Don't really need her. I'll follow her again when the new season comes out. Champagne Poppy, Brock O'Hearn. Ooh, I ran into him at Disneyland. If you don't know who Brock O'Hearn is, he is so fine. He's like seven foot tall. He looks like Fabio, only better. And I ran into him in Disneyland, which, by the way, I was there a year ago today. So funny that that, I mean, this is just like the perfect situation because I was going to talk about that trip. So last year I was in Disneyland for work. They sent us to review the new Star Wars ride and they also sent us to review the wine and food festival. And I turned a corner and I saw him and I wanted to go up to him so bad, but just working with like celebrities when I was in radio. Well, I guess I still am in radio, but you know what I mean? I just feel bad bothering them. You know what I mean? Like, I've, I've, you hear so many stories of celebrities appreciating when people don't ask for a picture or don't bother them and like almost rewarding them. Not that I was expecting to get a reward, but I just, I don't know. I saw that he was with his, his girlfriend and they had a kid with them. And I'm like, man, I'm not going to go up to him. Plus, I don't know what he's famous for. I don't know if he's in. I'm pretty sure he was in a show. Anyways, not the time, not the place. Last year when I was in Disneyland, I was there to review the Star Wars ride along with the food and wine festival. So the way that we split it up, because there were multiple people from Fuego that went and the boys went to Disneyland the first day and I went to California Adventure. And then the next day, I forget how it went, but the Star Wars ride was brand new and everyone was trying to get on it. So you had to like it was you had to like really fight to get a spot. So the first day we got there late and we weren't able to get on. So everyone was saying the next day get to the park like two hours early get they'll let you inside the park an hour early then the second that it hits the time everyone that's in there is going to try to log on to get a spot on the ride you would think since I was there to review it they would have like I don't know got me in there somehow and not left it up to chance so Brett and I wake up super early We, after a long day at the park the day before, we wake up so early, we get in line, we get into the park, we find a spot with good Wi-Fi, thanks to my friend Kaylin, who was like guiding me through the way. I ended up getting a spot on the ride and it guesstimates like a time that you're going to be on. And I was like, perfect, we're still going to be here. Pretty sure we had to leave to go to the airport at like 5.30. Well, the ride keeps breaking down throughout the day. So I take everyone on like this saga of me like almost getting on the ride like oh my god do you think I'm gonna make it I have to be at the airport in two hours and it's saying like I have I don't know like an hour until I get on the ride but I also heard from people that had been on it that it was an experience like it's not just like a quick ride like you're in there for a while and it looked so freaking cool so the time is really winding down and I'm just like fuck it I'm gonna take matters into my own hands people were really following along with the story like they were invested so I end up going from California Adventure over to Disneyland and I, I asked to talk to one of the cast members and I don't remember like verbatim what happened. Obviously, it was a year ago, but I basically said like I'm here. I showed him my media pass. I basically said I'm here to ride this ride. My flight's about to leave. Uh, I just am curious. Is there any way that I can get on? Like, can you bump me up? And he thought that I had a fake press pass. He thought that I was lying. He thought that I was just saying that to get on the ride. He had no way to confirm it because, I mean, I could have showed him email. 
emails, but he thought that my pa- that I put enough effort into making a fake pass, so some emails could have easily been doctored. He was so rude. I thought people at Disneyland were supposed to be nice. He was the biggest dick ever. I left. I didn't get on. And then right as we are getting in the cab to get to the airport, I get a text or a, a notification on my Disneyland app that said, it's your turn to board the ride. So literally as we're pulling away, I get the notification that it's our turn. And it was just like the most upsetting thing in life. And then a week later, life shut down. We've been in quarantine ever since. It's crazy that I got to go to Disneyland right before everything happened. I never got to ride the ride. It just popped up in my memories over the weekend that all of that happened. And it brought me right back to that moment where I was like so disappointed. So it's funny that I just started going off on a tangent about Instagram. Instagram and came across Brock O'Hearn then motivated me or reminded me that I was going to tell a story about Disneyland. Weird. But yeah, I've been hating the IG algorithm. It's the worst. Um, I did log on to my What the Chuck. That one's a little better because I don't follow as many people. So I can see the people that I like at the top of my feed. Have you guys ever used Bag Balm? I talked about doing a foot peel last week. Nothing has happened. My feet are not peeling. Like I said, I thought that the bag may have been expired. Like it wasn't juicy inside. Hate to use the word juicy, but I just feel like there wasn't enough solution. So nothing's happening. My feet are just the same. So I've been using bag balm, which is something that my sister-in-law recommended. I've been putting like bag balm all over my feet and then putting socks on. Bag balm is the strangest smelling thing I've ever smelled in my life. And Chuck is super attracted to it. And my sister-in-law said that her cat's the same. I guess there's like cheap fat in it or something. Has anyone used bag balm? And if so, are your animals just like all over you when you freaking use it? It's insane. If anyone has a foot peel recommendation please send it my way because I'd like to give it another shot I was like really looking forward to my foot being like a like a snake <laughs> losing all the outer skin sorry I'm gonna stop talking about my feet pretty sure I let I, I hit the threshold of foot talk in last week's episode alone for the entire year you share your foot peel recipe recipe <laughs> Fucking sick. Can you imagine? You share your foot peel recommendation. That's the word I was looking for. And I'll share this recipe that Brett and I made over the weekend. His mom sent it to him. The best meal I have ever had in my life. We just had leftovers of it for lunch. What I don't recommend is the peach flavored Waterloo. I just cracked open one of those. Let me just have another taste just to make sure. Yeah, I don't like it, which is weird because I like peach. But that is not my favorite. And it's such a ripoff at Whole Foods. You get like a 12-pack for like $6.99, where at Costco you get a whole flat of Waterloo's for $7.99. Anyways, back to the recipe. I don't know who this guy is. It's some English guy. Let me, you know, I'm going to put it on my website so that you can see it. MeganRage.com. It'll be right there on the homepage. Basically, this guy made a cookbook. It's called The Seven Ways, I think. And it's making recipes from things that you can just find in your house. Like you don't need to go out and get like gum flour or arrowroot bush or whatever. I mean, I don't cook. So you guys know that I don't, I can't think of good examples. But even this I could make. And because of Brett's finger, which is doing a lot better, by the way, I did have to help with a lot of it. Normally I just kind of (laughs) supervise. I don't really know what you would call it, but I can't chop anything because Brett won't let me use the knives because of what happened last weekend. Well, he wouldn't let me use them before. And then every time he tries to get me to do something or like talk me through it, I fuck it up. And then he's irritated and then I'm irritated and it just causes an argument. I wish it wasn't like that. He cooks and I clean up. That's just how we roll. But I had to help him because his finger is still super sore and bandaged up from slicing it off the other week. So here's what the recipe is. I mean, you can watch the video. It's like a five minute long video and it takes you through step by step. He'd no bullshit. No like, hey, guys, welcome to my channel. It's just the fucking recipe. So we got two chickens, frozen chickens from Costco for like eight bucks. Such a steal. We Brett had me gut the chicken, which I was crying like a little bitch. I was like, I can't. I was like, Brett, I literally can't. I was like, can't I just hold it open? You can put your good hand inside. And so he was all frustrated with me that I wouldn't stick my hand in the chicken. And so he stuck his good hand in the chicken and there was nothing inside. He was like, there's not even anything in this one. I'm like, oh, I guess I could have done it then. So you get like a baking tray in the tray. You put olive oil, tomato, basil, salt and pepper, and garlic, but you don't peel the garlic. Like you just get, um, I think it was two bulbs and you just split it, but you don't like take the garlic out of the peel. Put that onto the pan. Then you put the chicken 
into the pan and you ro- roll it around. You rub it in the tomato and the basil and the olive oil and the salt and the pepper and the garlic, even though the garlic's still in the thing. So like, I don't really know the point. It's really just olive oil because it's not like you're, I mean, I guess you're getting the juices from everything. Then you put the tr- the baking tray in the middle rack and you put the chicken directly on the rack right above the tray. And I don't know the cooking times and how long and stuff and what the temperature is. You can find that in the video. Again, the video will be on my website, meganrage.com. I'll put it up right after I'm done recording. And then the next part of the meal is, um, he calls them neochi. I didn't realize that neochi was potato. Brett and I also, I've talked about this previously, argue over how to say that word. So we boiled some potatoes and then smashed them up, put some seasoning in them, um, made it into a mash, and then put some flour into the mash and then rolled out the dough. This is the part that I had to do. And then cut it into six different pieces and then also cut, no, 12, 12 different pieces, like ball size, and then cut up 12 pieces of smoked mozzarella. So then you rolled each little ball and then stuck your finger in it, stuck the smoked mozzarella inside and then rolled the dough or the potato and flour over to like make a ball with the cheese inside. And then we put those on a baking sheet with olive oil and pop those into the oven. Again, the times and everything will be on the website. When I tell you that this was the most amazing meal, I mean, the chicken, it normally we are so extra with chicken, like so many different seasonings and rosemary in its vagina and all this other stuff. You know, we're just stuffing it full of everything we can. This was just simple. You put a few basil leaves inside and rubbed it in the olive oil tomato mixture and then popped it in. And it came out 10 times better than any rotisserie chicken you're ever going to get at the store. So then when you plated it, you know, cut into the chicken, put a couple potatoes and then topped it with some arugula with lemon juice on the top. Legit the best meal I've ever had. I'm so happy that we got two chickens so that we could make it again this weekend. So, so good. Wait until you actually see it in this video come out of the oven. I was going to take a picture of it, but I just wanted to eat it so bad that I just could not be fucking bothered. And I knew I was going to talk about it and tell you guys where you could see the video. But it didn't take us long. Minimal effort. Like normally on the weekends when Brett says he wants to cook something, even though I'm not the one doing the cooking, I'm like, ugh, you're going to be in the kitchen for the next four hours because everything takes so long prepping. And oh, when you, by the way, when you cut the chicken, you get some of the basil and the tomato and then the roasted garlic from the pan and put that on your plate. Oh my God, it's so good. Brett normally just takes forever to make a meal. And so this was just not, it didn't take a lot, which made me very happy. 1010 recommend. Again, find the recipe at meganrage.com. Another thing that I cooked recently, I shared it on my Instagram at What the Chuck podcast was a poke bowl. I stay craving pokey but you know, my ass doesn't really have a job right now. So I can't be affording a $25 poke bowl once a week or, you know, as frequently as I want it. So I went to Trader Joe's. I got a bag of mixed greens. I have this Whole30 Habanero Ranch Mayo. I got the Ahi Tuna from Trader Joe's. A pack of it is $5.99. An avocado, some ginger, lemon juice, some crispy onions, and it's a knockoff pokey And it's the best thing ever. You can see a picture of everything that I put into it on my Instagram, What the Chuck Podcast. I know a couple people have tried it and said that it's bomb. Obviously, the ma- you can use whatever type of topping you like. I like the sriracha mayo or whatever is on the menu at Pokinoki, but if you like the cilantro lime, like you can mix it up as far as dressings go. But I really like ginger. I really like onion, like crispy onion. I, I do like jalapeno, but I have yet to put jalapeno on my bowl that I make from home. Anyways, it's like under 500 calories. It is so cheap and easy to make. So if you are trying to do an at-home poke bowl, I also 1010 recommend that. You know, we had to get into the Meghan Markle, Harry, Oprah interview. The interview is, I don't know if it's more shocking if you know nothing or more shocking if you know some things. What I'm talking about is the crown. And obviously I know that everything on the crown is not true, but every episode and every situation is based off of something real that happened. And there's there's history, photos, Things that you can look up to prove. And even Harry said recently when he did his um, little bit with James Corden that it is loosely based off the truth. That obviously like conversations had in the crown are not verbatim, but a lot of the things that do happen did happen in real life, but it's also made for TV. So there are some embellishments. The crown, the tea is piping hot in the crown. Like you have no idea. There is so much 
treachery, that's a word, right, that happens within the royal family, it is insane. So watching Meghan and Harry talk about what they've been through, it is, some people were saying, oh, she's an actress, none of this happened. It is not just plausible, it is, I mean, it it makes so much sense. It is very on brand for the royal family and the firm and all the people involved in the monarchy to act and treat them the way that they did. But then on the other hand, if you know nothing and you're watching this, I can see it being also as shocking but maybe not as believable as those who have watched The Crown find it, if that makes sense. Like, I have seen a lot of doubt coming from people. I've also seen a lot of support, but I've seen a lot of people being like, you know, Meghan Markle is an actress, and I see what she's doing here. But number one, do you think Harry would be backing her if it wasn't true? Leaving his family completely cut off, cut off and leaving everything behind. I think it's funny how he was like, I was cut off, and I only had what my mother left me when he bought a, what was it, $16 million home in Montecito? Montecito or whatever that fucking place is called. I'm getting off track. Watch The Crown if you have any doubts about the interview. That's all I have to say. Some people find it really difficult to get into The Crown. I was in love with it right off the bat. But if you need like a marker for when it gets really good, I would say about five episodes in is when you start getting hooked because there are some episodes with picture proof as to what they're talking about, which makes you go like, oh, shit, this isn't just a TV show. Also, though, I do have some feelings about the interview. I feel like she was very forthcoming with a lot of information, but I also feel like she held back. And that was probably because Harry said, look, we can do this, but we do have to draw a line because he was reserved when Oprah asked him certain questions. I just think that if you're going to do this interview, like you better do it like none of this, like, oh, I'm not going to say I just feel I feel like they did it very respectfully, but I also feel like they teased everyone's like the shocking interview. And yeah, it was shocking, but it wasn't as shocking as the uh, the media outlets are making it out to be. And also Meghan Markle was like, you know, the media has attacked me. They've dragged me. I don't read any of the media and I just want them to leave me alone. Well, doing a high profile interview with Oprah is going to do the polar opposite. It is literally all over every news source. Articles about this interview are on Complex. They're on Delish. They're on TMZ. They're on Page Six. They're on E! News. They're on Pop Sugar. They are everywhere. And I feel like it's going to get a lot worse before it gets any better for them. But I really do hope that they find the privacy and just like the calm that they are seeking because it just seems like it's been chaos for the past four years. Also, a lot of people in broadcast journalism were complimenting Oprah and her like probing questions and interview styles and saying like, notice when she notice when she interrupts. I am no broad. I, I don't I'm not a broadcaster in that way. I feel like what I do is different and interviews that I've done are also different. But I didn't think her interview style was great. I feel like they would move on from a topic and then she would double back to it. I felt like some questions were out of place. I also felt like Prince Harry at times and even Megan would be on the verge of saying something that I wanted to hear and she would interrupt them and it was really bothering me. But also something funny that I noticed years ago, I forget who I did an interview with. It was possibly G-Eazy because that's an interview that sticks out where I had notes. I was holding notes on stage and I got kind of my ass chewed by a couple people that I worked with. My bosses, they were like, you cannot have notes. It's so unprofessional, uh, bitch. Oprah had notes during that interview. And yeah, she was very engaged, but it was also like a place marker. Like I need to look down at my notes and figure out what I was going to talk about next, because sometimes you get so deep in a conversation and your mind goes blank. And it's nice to have like a bookmark like, oh, this is what I was going to talk about next. And I wanted to I'm petty. This happened like six years ago. I wanted to be like, um, send a text. Hey, remember when you told me I couldn't use notes? Fuck all the way off because Oprah did. I'd be curious to know what the ratings were for that special. I bet they were bigger than the Super Bowl and the fucking Grammys and a lot of shit because everyone is talking about it, even people that aren't interested. I would say, though, that if you didn't watch it, I don't know if I would necessarily recommend. You can get a gist of what happened in the news. They are the monarchy is racist. They were concerned over Archie's skin tone. If he would come out dark, they pulled security from Prince Harry and Meghan. Uh, They weren't protecting Archie. They weren't protecting Meghan. They have cut them off completely. They took away their titles like there is there was a lot said, but I don't know if I would necessarily recommend watching it. It's two hours long and it was kind of a big tease like, you know, in media, you tease something and the tease is really good because it it keeps people engaged. It keeps people watching to find out what the payoff is. There's a tease and a payoff. I feel like you could easily just read an article about what the interview was about without watching it. I, I don't know. I just feel like. It could be condensed into an article that you can read and get the gist. And my suggestion would be if you're going to watch anything to watch The Crown. 
not that Meghan Markle's interview wasn't good. It was just it was two hours long and it was a lot of teasing. And then like we didn't always get a good payoff. Like, okay, give us more. She didn't elaborate. Another thing that I noticed her and Harry do, and I kind of want to adopt it. She would say, you know, so we were eating lunch, right? She said right a lot. And it didn't bug me. Like it was a crutch, it seemed like, because she did it frequently. But it wasn't a crutch that I minded. I almost liked it. Brett says right a lot, come to think of it. But I don't notice it in him like I did with her. Maybe because it is an English thing and hearing an American say it, which also makes me think Brett's um, parents have said that I've adopted a lot of the English like words or phrases. My friends have noticed it too. And I say English phrases, but I use it obviously in an American accent and I use it with my American verbiage. And so I wonder if that's what I sound like sometimes when I say things, if it just sounds cool. Do I sound cool? Moving on to Chris Harrison, who did a Good Morning America interview with Michael Strahan. Chris Harrison is, it's such a different apology, right? How did that feel? Did it feel good? It's a, it's, it's a different apology, right? That sound good? Do we like that? Give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Okay, but honestly, it's a different apology coming from Chris Harrison because Chris Harrison is not some 25-year-old girl that's on The Bachelor or a 25-year-old guy that's on The Bachelorette or some real housewives of Beverly Hill that's making an apology. Chris Harrison is well-spoken. He's a TV host. He is educated. So the apology from him sounded a lot more meaningful, a lot more believable. He did still use the typical, I'm listening, I'm learning. I was just talking to two of my friends last night about that. And it just, I just want to be like, cut the bullshit. Like, tell us what you're actually doing. However, I will say that Chris Harrison did have the support of um, some allies that were black, a black pastor. And then I forget who the other person was. And they vouched for him. They said that he has been doing his due diligence. He's been doing his research, learning about history. And, um, um, they basically co-signed for him and said like he is progressing in the way that is needed to to continue on in this franchise. But after the interview was over, you know, it was a pre-recorded interview. So Michael Strahan, they go back to the studio and he's like, you know, I kind of felt like it was rehearsed. I kind of feel like he said the bare minimum, the scripted apology that everyone's saying. And it was but I also feel like it was more believable. Very curious to see if The Bachelor has him back. That's basically what Michael Strahan said. He said he's just trying to get The Bachelor to have him back. So he's willing to say and do anything. And, he, you know, I feel like he's on the right path. You know who is not on the right path? The guy that used to own Papa John's Pizza. That guy needs to stop doing interviews because every time he does, it's a train wreck. He did one this week and he said, yeah, I've been trying for the past 20, mo 20 months to totally eliminate the N-word from my vocabulary. What? You've been actively working on that for 20 months to eliminate it from your vocabulary. So you're admitting to saying it. And you're also saying that you've had to work hard at it for 20 months, with 20 months, which insinuates that it is hard for you to stop saying it. Like, bro, that guy does not need a platform. He used to be the CEO of a pizza. Ch like, why are we still talking to him? Please stop giving him a platform. I honestly think that the fate of Chris Harrison rides on Emmanuel, who's taking over for him on After the Final Rose and how he's perceived and if people like him and if he does a good job. I think that it would be hard for a lot of people to accept a new face to the Bachelor franchise as the host, but I definitely think it's a possibility. I'm curious to see how that all plays out. The episode last night, I'm so mad. So my friends and I planned last week, we were like, let's have a charcuterie board and wine, rosé, and watch the Bachelor finale on Monday night. Super excited because I'm in a text with these two friends. We're always, we text every day. We talk about the Bachelor. This was just going to be, you know, fun to watch something with friends. I feel like that's something none of us do anymore. So over the weekend, went to Costco, got some wine, went to Rayleigh's, got some cheese, some crackers, some nuts, some jam, some fruit to make like this epic cheese board. And I wake up yesterday morning and there's already like 17 texts from them in the group. And I've been waking up hella early with the dog. So it's not like I like woke up at 11 and was like, what happened? No, it was like early. And Anna was like, the Bachelor finale is not on tonight. And I was like, they don't know. They don't watch The Bachelor religiously. So I was just, I didn't even respond yet. I was just going to go to the Instagram and prove them wrong. And the complete opposite happened. I started watching the preview for the night and it changed. So Three, two weeks ago, they aired the preview for the Women Tell All and then the finale. And all of a sudden, that has changed. Isn't it normally the Women Tell All and then the finale is the next episode? It's crammed in with the overnights. Yes, that is exactly right. And last night, instead of having the overnights cr crammed in with the, the final rows, we got 
Matt, poor Matt, who I'm sure got bullied and tricked into having a televised conversation with his estranged father that was so uncomfortable. I we were all saying like, I feel uncomfortable watching this. And that seems to be the consensus uh, from everyone that I've talked to. It did not feel appropriate for us to be witnessing that conversation. The producers obviously needed to to re-edit the episode because it was supposed to be the finale, 1,000%. And they had to find filler or that was always going to be in there. I don't know. But they shouldn't have done that. Matt shouldn't have agreed to that. I don't know how they got him to do that, but it just felt very inappropriate. I felt so bad for him when he was like, I didn't need shoes. I didn't need a pizza. I needed my dad. Like, I... Uh, cannot relate, but I felt that. And I felt so bad that he was up here. On, shame on ABC for airing that. Shame on them for coaxing him into having that conversation for TV. Fucking shame on them. Confirm that last night was not the finale. And I was like, fuck, well, I bought all this shit. And they were like, well, we can't do it next week anyways. And I was like, okay, well, I guess we're having a pre-finale party. So Anna got an ice cream cake. They printed out a sticker. It said this cake said here for the right reasons. You could see it on my Instagram at What the Chuck Podcast. So fucking funny. The best cake ever. We had some wine. We had some cheese and crackers. And to be honest, we did watch it. It was on, but we were talking a lot. A lot about life and a lot about The Bachelor. And I said something last night that Anna said was the quote of the night. Matt looks like the type of guy that picks his nose in public, like with no shame either. Like the guy that straight up has his thumb like deep up in his nostrils, potentially creates a booger museum. Not sure. He might put it in a nice Kleenex or he might just be digging around up there for no reason. But he definitely looks like the type that that picks his nose and his outfits. His legs are so fucking skinny. I can't really say too much about last night's episode because I wasn't super engaged. I mean, as soon as I figured out it wasn't the finale, I was annoyed. I was excited to watch after the final rose. I was excited to find out what happened, what happens after the finale. Like, I was just excited for that, and I didn't get that. So, yeah, we did get the overnights, and that was cool, but I mean, nah. I feel like everything was pretty boring. I feel like it's been an exciting season, but last night I felt like things were boring. The date with the milk bath and the mud, I want to do that. I don't know about the butter. It did seem nice last night, but the more that I think about it, I'm like, I don't know if I would like that. I'm so disappointed. If you haven't watched it yet, spoilers. I'm so disappointed that Brie was sent home because she is beautiful and just amazing. Her mom actually posted on Instagram today a picture of Brie with a caption that reads, Baby, someone who doesn't choose you all the time, every time, is not your person. You are deserving of the most beautiful love story, so what is meant for you will find you. I applaud your courage, maturity, and especially your vulnerability. You were yourself throughout the process, and that, my love, is enough. You are always enough. I know that love will find you because you encompass love, and now you're that much closer to it. But in the meantime, girl, you better get your job back. P.S. Now can we burn the bunny? I didn't get that reference. Did they go on a date and did did Matt give her a bunny? Anyways, XOXO mommy. Poor Chuck. We moved Benny's stuff next to his food bowl. I don't want to move Chuck's food bowl because I'm trying to not disrupt his life. But Chuck was overeating and Benny just started freaking barking at him. And I'm like, no, that's the one time I did yell at him. I was like, no, absolutely not. That is a bad boy. I'm a bad guy. What? By the way, so we had our nice little party last night. Anna is scared of cats, which is hilarious because every time Chuck would come near her and Chuck is like the sweetest cat, he would never, never hurt her. But she would like get up out of the seat and go to the other side of the room, which is funny to see because you don't see a lot of people that are scared of cats. Anna's scared of cats. My friend Brie is also scared of cats. Charcuterie, good. Rosé, good. Ice cream cake from last night, good. Bachelor episode, bad I just it started off on the wrong tone with the dad situation and then I felt like everything like I just was not engaged like I normally am I watched it but I didn't retain anything what I will say also about Rachel is that girl might have attended some racist parties in the past but she is clearly not racist like the feelings that she has for Matt are so obvious and apparent there's no way She is faking that. Like, that girl is obsessed with him. Obsessed. Also, I was kind of roasting her and her apology for being like, um, I, I've just been listening and 
learning and I was just like okay like talk normal but I realized last night that's actually the way she talks so sorry Rachel didn't mean to make fun of you you want to hear something so funny Brett was just like we just had lunch I took a little brief intermission and recording and he was like come outside and see the ice cream cake and I was like what why and as soon as I started to walk outside to the garage fridge I was like oh my god I put the ice cream cake in the fridge last night not the freezer so the the, the cake is completely melted everywhere in the refrigerator gone I told them last night I was like take it home it won't get eaten here yeah it won't get eaten here because it'll be ruined here how funny is it that they walked in the door with a cake that said here for the right reasons like Kristen and Anna for the fucking win also I'm gonna tell you right now who the new bachelorette is apparently it was a confirmed at after the final rose which was already pre-recorded I was hoping that it wasn't gonna be her given everything that's happened I felt like they were gonna really gonna try to send a message with maybe like I don't know or Serena Peace and she was on Good Morning America. But no, the rumors are true. The new Bachelorette was announced as fucking Katie, which just sucks because I don't want her to be the new Bachelorette. I I, I didn't mind it at first. I've kind of teetered my feelings on it, but I just, I don't know. I don't feel like she's the right choice. I feel like I'm annoyed by her. And I don't want to be annoyed by her all season. I did also say that she gives me Caitlyn Bristow vibes and I do like Caitlyn, but I'm not sold on her being the Bachelorette at all. I hate to hate on her for being a seemingly good person, but it's just she just annoys me. And she totally played into it at the Women Tell All like she did. She she's it's like saying the one thing during an interview that they that you know they want to hear. And that's what she did at the Women Tell All. She's like, I just feel like I'm not lovable. Like, is anyone ever going to love me? And that is like the prerequisite to being the lead on the Bachelor franchise. She did it. I'm so mad. I was just sitting up here and I heard another bark. So I ran downstairs and Benny barked at Chuck again. <sighs> I don't want Chuck to feel like I want Chuck to drink his water and eat his food in peace without Benny barking at him. So I gave him a very stern no. I'm not gonna. That's like the one thing that I just can't take. Like everything else. I'm like, okay, he peed inside the house. Like that sucks. But I will not have you up in here barking at the household cat. AKA the love of my life, AKA Chuck. I just also looked at my phone and (laughs) Benny got his first bark box today, although he does not deserve it. (laughs) And I opened it and I posted about it on Instagram like, hey, bark box. I know you send free shit to influencers. Not that I consider myself an influencer, but I have a following and I have a podcast. So send me a bark box. So I noticed I had a DM from them and I was like, oh my God, this is it. And it was just like, hey, hope, hope Benny enjoys his first box. Is there any specific toy or treat that he's loving right now? So I was like, oh, maybe they're going to send me something. So I responded the like what type of shit he likes. And she was like, great. Can't wait to send him more boxes in the future. I'm like, perfect. Okay. I'm just going to end this episode and my day on rejection from BarkBox. Perfect. Thank you. Humbling experience. I'll talk to you guys next week. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow us on Instagram at Podcast.